Hey everybody, welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a podcast devoted to all things geek. If I asked you which character was most important to Batman, who would you say? The Joker? Catwoman? What about Robin? Well, that's exactly the topic we debate this episode. I hope you like it. Alright, let's get into it. I'm really excited because this is a Batman episode. All right, so it's 2020, which means it has now been 80 years since the creation of the Joker, Catwoman, and Robin. And DC is planning on celebrating with some special 100-page issues devoted to each character in April. So, uh, which of these three do we think is the most important to the world of Batman? I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. I'm Tommy Smithereens. I'm Clifton. All right, so Frank, I'm going to go to you first, because when you suggested this idea, I wasn't sure if you meant importance story-wise within mm. the story or importance in a publication sense. And I didn't message you to clarify because I thought it'd be interesting to talk about both angles. So sure, I'll let I, you start off. Yeah, well, I mean, basically the idea that that one of the three characters that, are, that were that are getting these 100-page giants in April, Robin, Catwoman, or Joker, which one do, do we think is the most important to the Batman mythos in general? Okay. So really from like a publication standpoint, who who... I mean, yes and no, I would say, because I think also it's one of those things where if you if you say from an iconic standpoint, mm-hmm. I, I think that the Joker is more of an iconic character than, say, Robin or Catwoman. Right. Okay. I think they tra- I think he as a character transcends just being in, you know, comics. Not that I say that people wouldn't understand or know who Robin or Catwoman is. So, again, do we, do we want those parameters to be <laughs> strictly yeah. in the game? I'd say the mythos in, in general. Yeah. I, if, it, if I had to choose one, I would probably say probably the Joker. Okay. I mean, I think it's the easiest one to say just for me is the idea of like how many stories and how many things have been, you know, how many turns have been on just the Joker's character alone in and out of Batman and Detective Comics and other things. I mean, we have two Oscar winners that played superhero characters and they're both the Joker. I was going to say that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it's, it's a character on his own. He definitely. I mean, of the three, well, Catwoman had her own book, but Joker had it first back in the seventies. Had her own movie first. Well, yeah, I'd like to point out. (laughs) Sure, (laughs) sort of. Yeah, kind of. Like in name for sure. Yeah. Did anyone see that movie? I've seen bits and pieces. Yeah, bits of it on TV. (laughs) I've heard heard existed. That's about as far as I went. (laughs) But no, I I think that you know when you think about that first story in in uh, Batman One, right? Batman yeah, one, Batman three. one. Batman one. In Batman one, when you have that story of he has to, it's the the is the is it the reservoir one? He's gonna poison the reservoir, or is it is it the the mayor's gonna die at midnight story? I think it's the mayor's gonna die at midnight story. It's like very close to laughing fish. It's 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 essentially Joker killing people without being in the room. Okay, that's it. The situation, and you get that really creepy shot, that really creepy panel of of the Joker in like. <laughs> in like Caucasian makeup that really that really yeah. went it's a really it's a, one of my favorite it's a panels haunt- of Joker of all time yeah, yeah it's a really haunting image especially for what 39 side note so do you remember in the Dark Knight the scene where Commissioner Gordon is shot spoiler mm-hmm. alert of course right <laughs> <laughs> there's like because it's only one shot in that in in the on the page right so it's a mm. very very quick snapshot among all this other like images of him with the makeup on it right? right and you see heath ledger with the makeup on the entire movie except for a very very quick snapshot he's not wearing the makeup in that yeah scene and that scene always m- reminds me of that panel thinking about that yeah weird side note anyway but yeah i, I would just choose a joker just because of the fact that there's been so many you know in in so many different like I said, Batman stories and stories outside of comics. There's been many, many Joker stories. Okay. For me, I understand what you're trying to come across as far as uh, importance to mm. the mythos or whatever to Batman. Because in every incarnation of the character of Batman, there's always one been an iteration of the Joker that everybody gloms onto. And it almost steadfast, as we see with the Academy Awards, that he can be an entity onto himself without the uh, main character. What we see in that in Gotham. I was gonna say, except for the like the Jamaican Joker and the Batman, maybe that might be one that was that, oh, that oh. the people didn't glom onto. But <laughs> yes, but but nonetheless, they always, regardless of if we see a Batman, we'll always see a joke. Um, so far in every in every iteration of the character, but what I like to look at it as uh, Catwoman from a different perspective, because every good superhero needs a villain, 
So that's almost established by making that the Joker. Mm -hmm. But to me, not every not every good hero has a good uh, heroine or let me say, um, to me, Catwoman brings up something different we don't get to see in most heroes, in which we have a love interest that's almost love to hate type mm -hmm. of individual. Right. Um, you know, we get Lois Lane in which she totally supports Batman. But with Catwoman, you mean, Selena, you mean Superman? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for correcting. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. But she is into him in the world's finest episode of the. She is. Which I, which I, love. I love the death yeah, because it almost makes sense because he's paid. I mean, yeah. it's almost a more societal thing that makes sense. But with Catwoman, Catwoman's like, I know you like me because I know I'm sexy, but F you, I'm going to do my thing. It's almost, we get a strong, we get the first strong sense of an independent woman that stands on her own, that doesn't do it just because it's Batman. Does that make sense? Okay. I appreciate the character. So you say Catwoman. Yeah, I You're say Catwoman. Catwoman. I'm going okay. with Catwoman. And I, and I stand by it just because we have no love interest of any kind with any super. It almost creates a whole new mold of a love interest that we can see with the character. It almost, with the inclusion of Catwoman, we see new stories that we haven't seen before. I get with the Joker, Joker has to be stopped, Joker's nuts, Joker's crazy, but I don't get the feeling that it's wholly and solely original and for the fact that he's the villain of the main hero. Okay. So we get we almost get a uh something different. Or what y'all like to say, whole cloth with well, the uh, I agree. I mean I see, a person. I see your point there. I, I totally agree with the idea that, you know, from her character standpoint, you don't ever really get a sense that she like Lois, especially from early on, you never really get the sense that that Catwoman cares about who he is. She's not trying to figure out a secret identity. She's doing her own thing. And if they come into each other's orbit, well, that's great. And they'll chase each other around for a while. But it doesn't seem like she's she's very much not dependent on him. No, not at all. And it's almost like a, a lustful type thing between the two of them. Mm. They know that it's it's not good to be together. But in the moment, it's fun. It's exciting. And well, it's yeah. forbidden too, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. So that <laughs> makes it even more, um, you know, um, enthralling to see them together. Because, you know, they well, all means, is she a villain this time? Is she a hero this time? Would he let her go because he has feelings for her? Right. Well, you know, it's it's that whole, um, uh, you know, I'm good, but can I be good with you? You know, it. it yeah, Dini had a really nice way of putting it where he said they're on either sides of a line and they're staring back at each other, always waiting for the other one to take the step over. And neither of them can. And that's kind of the heartbreaking part of it is that they are kind of like perfect for each other a sec except for that one spot that they're on different sides yeah, but, that, but it almost makes it beautiful in, in, yeah. in a sense of how they dance between one another and carefully cross that line or come back to it or or one forces the other over it and whatever inclination but that's why i like did you see uh well for anybody saw hush i kind of that's why i liked hush for because the animated movie. Yeah, I, and I, I apologize for any spoilers that this might not come the comic. Contact. I mean, right. just clarify, you're talking about yeah, the movie. I'm definitely uh, talking, okay. yeah, I'm sorry. I'm definitely talking about the movie as opposed to the comic because the comic takes a whole different story way of storytelling as to who the main um, antagonist is. But the, um, the movie itself, the animated series, mm. um, with the inclusion of Catwoman, makes it something new. And I won't okay. go into specifically why because I still want people to see it because. But you haven't read the, the Tom King stuff, right? No, I'm not. Okay. okay, we'll get into that. <laughs> Clifton, who's your vote first? I don't really have a vote, but okay. not yet. I haven't, okay. I haven't formulated the opinion yet. All but right, so I this podcast explore. is us trying to convince right, right, you. Right. <laughs> but, I, but I will explore. I'll throw out Robin just for the sake of exploring at this point, since we've already mm -hmm. covered the other two. And like something I think Robin added that didn't pay off until honestly much later in a bigger way is the bat family that Robin mm. like bat family. Yeah. Now everybody thinks of Batman and bat family. You've got, yeah. he's always taking people in Jason Todd later after, Robin, after Dick Grayson, Tim Drake, Stephanie, Cassandra Kane, like, right. I mean, he's just collecting people. And now that's such a huge part of the Batman mythos. And, and so Robin was definitely the first piece yeah. that set that into motion. Although it didn't expand much until I guess, Barbara Gordon Batgirl in 50s, late 50s or 60s. Well, if you're talking about the one that's not the one that Barbara's 60s. Yeah, Barbara's so, 60s. Yeah, but you had the first you had the original Batman oh, right. and you had yeah. and you had uh Betty Kane, Kane. Yeah, Betty yeah. Kane and yeah. Kate Kane. Yeah. All right, so Robin was my get. Was my vote <laughs> also. Um 
the reason I say Robin is because Joker's iconic. Joker is quite possibly the best supervillain character in all of comics. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. Catwoman, I think, is unquestionably the best love interest character for Bruce Wayne. Yeah. But Robin, to me, is he's the most successful sidekick character, I would say. He's synonymous in pop culture, right? Sure. Batman yeah. and Robin. Yeah. Right? From a storytelling perspective, I think he's necessary because he you need somebody for him to talk to about the crimes and how they're solving things. Right? And unless that's Alfred's not, not there. Right. <laughs> but but in the forties. He hasn't he wasn't in the forties. Sure, sure. Right. Right. Yeah, and if you don't mind talking it. to a child, yes. <laughs> Alfred Alfred right. wasn't created yet. You didn't have radios in the cowl. Sure. Right. So if unless you wanted to do thought balloons always. Sure. Right. He needed somebody to run so run stuff by. And the thing about Robin that I always like, this is a weird tangent um about it. I always liked him and Batman 66 in the Riddler episodes because mm, okay. like you really, I think like earns his salt in those episodes, right? Okay. Because he's just as good at solving, solving. these riddles as Batman. Like, like you would think the, the sense I get is that he wouldn't solve these things if he didn't have Robin to kind of bounce the ideas off of. Sure. Right? Well, a lot and, of times he'll pose the question to like to the air Batman would. Yeah. And then Robin would go a cigarette lighter. Right. You yeah. know, and then they, <laughs> you know, and they would, they would, you know, then they would invariably move on to the next part of the story. Yeah. So, my biggest thing is, is I don't know if it's, and I'm trying to remember, I can't recall if it's, if it's in Chuck Dixon's run of Robin or if it's in uh, Wolfman doing later Teen Titans. But there's a scene between Batman and Robin with Bruce Bruce and, and, and Dick. And he says, listen, you know, I'm never going to be able to balance my life as a, like basically being Batman as well as you do having a life outside of being Robin or Nightwing. Sure. You know, basically, you've, you know, you've, you've, you've become, you know, the teacher, the, the student has now become the master. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I'm never going to be what you are. I'll never do it as well as you do. Yeah. And again, like Clifton was saying, I think the idea that, that idea of legacy or family, that right there is like, you always want your kid to do better than you do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a nice moment of, and again, I can't remember, I, I want to say, I, I bet it's Chuck Dixon, but I can't say for sure. But it's a nice moment where you see Bruce recognizes the fact that, you know, I raised him right. I did, yeah. you know, I did right by this kid. That's, that's exactly why Dick Grace is always my favorite Robin. But I like that there's Dick Grace being the character that's allowed to age mm, yeah. in comic books. I think adds so much to that to, to the idea that he is Bruce's greatest success is that he took somebody that, for all intents and purposes, could have been exactly the way he was, right? And he hones it, he focuses it, he gives him a purpose, but he's allowed to be happy. Right. Sure. And, and and he's allowed to have fun still. Yeah. The flip side of that, though, is Jason is his greatest failure, mm. in my opinion, mm. I think. <laughs> I what, hear, do you, what do you want to say, Tommy? Right, Tommy. No, okay. I get the whole Come bad. at me, bro. Okay. <laughs> I get the whole bad family thing, which I'm not opposed to. Um, I get the whole um, teaching a new generation to deal with stress and trauma. But to me, when he takes on Robin, it... You choose my words carefully. It dumbs it down and muddies it a bit. And what I mean by that is the focus of him being that individual pulls away from. To me, the stories with Robin become more childlike in the sense that it it takes away the urgency or the uh the um the violence of the character. Like the 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 stronger detective stories are with Batman on his own. Not to say that there aren't with Robin, but we get the um, different interpretations once you include Robin into the whole Batman mind. Are you talking like just in general or are you taking like a specific time frame? I'll tell, let's say in general. Let's take it from a um, perspective of a, of an um, older gentleman taking in a younger gentleman. And then, you, then there's the whole ideas of being that it was not just to teach him. It was because... He felt lonely, and I put that in air quotes without offending anybody. Well, I mean, some people mm-hmm. not again. Yeah. Some people say that you know. Some people say yes. He took on the mentor role mm-hmm. with 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 Dick Grayson mm-hmm. when he takes him in. It's it's mentor mentee, and some some people are like, oh, it's father and son. And then some people say Bruce at some point responded to the fact that someone went through the same trauma that he did, and that no one in the world else in the world is going to understand it the way that he does. Like Dick Grayson would. I know. Again, you, I know. Are you talking <laughs> to me or the audience? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm fully aware, but I'm just adding as to why I wouldn't pick Robin, because Robin almost um, also ages him. 
Mm -hmm. uh, regardless of... Um, I like that, though. It, but to me, it's good and bad because I prefer him to be aged only to pass on the mantle to make him a mech Lexi character, which DC refuses to do, even though it's even though it's pushed. happened. Yeah, oh, it's happened a few times. It's, it's Look, happened, sounds like it may happen again. I think, also. but to me, ultimately, it has happened because Robin dates him. Everybody that makes a new Robin, you want to add years, months, whatever you want to say to it to the character, and then it, to me, it forces the age of the character as opposed to more than anybody else. But it doesn't force it in a way that's unbelievable to me. Oh, no. If you subscribe you to the 10-year rule. Yeah, yeah. So you... Okay, let's... All right, let's so look at it. So the idea is, is that Bruce leaves Gotham and okay. travels the world that a lot Batman begins. So the, the rule is Bat Bruce has to be the youngest he could possibly be. Okay. To do that. Okay. So and you're talking 16 to 18. Okay, let's... let's, let's I even generous, right? Let's do 16. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then what's the, what's the rule? 10-year rule. Okay, of of each Robin? No, for for Bruce. So Bruce leaves at sixteen. Okay, is gone ten years. Okay, so he right? comes back at twenty six. Not even really. No, he comes back. The ten year rule is uh, is is him to Dick. Okay, I think. Okay, I think is what it, I'm. I'm ten year between the two. So when he's twenty six, the, the basically the idea is that is that is that Bruce has to leave as young as possible. And arrive back to become as Batman as young as possible, right? Okay. So like sixteen to twenty three, sixteen to twenty four, something like that. Let's let's say. look at it. At Dick has to be Dick has to be the oldest he can possibly be to suffer the loss, right? So he can't be the same age that Bruce is. If we're saying Bruce is ten years old, when when he loses parents, Dick has to be like twelve, right? Okay. So that by the time Dick has been Robin for four years or so. It doesn't date Bruce that much. So it's still believable that by the time he becomes Nightwing, Bruce is in his 40s only. But okay. If right? he becomes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. But what I'm saying to you, all right. This, <laughs> forget, is, a of, this is a lot of math. It's forget a lot the of math. rule thing, but <laughs> That's I'm, I'm conflating, I'm conflating yes. two, two things. But. No, I, I understand what you're trying to say. But to me, um, through the incarnations of Robins, if, mm. you're being, if I'm being generous, let's say each Robin has three years. Right. So. By the time he hits Damien, yeah, he's in his late forties, mid, mid, mid to yeah, mid to late possibly. Yeah, but okay, his athleticism has steeply declined by that point. Okay, but you see, I'm getting that right. But you're also talking about the guy with the most drive possibly on planet Earth. <laughs> most athletes have a lot of drive. Right? Sure, let's. I even put him as a Olympic level at that point. What I'm saying is, Robin ages him. If what, it suspends the belief of what he can truly do because you tend to look at it a different lens when you introduce the child into it. You tend to look at what he's doing, what what he's introducing the child to, regardless of the trauma. You start looking at it as, a, as to me, it it almost brings him down a notch in different levels and different ways when you introduce Robin. Now, mind you, I'm not saying I don't like Robin, but it then it, it you start giving Batman more allowances with the inclusion of Robin is what I tend to think of with Robin. I just think the further he gets out from Dick Grayson, it's harder and harder. Because again, if it ages him, it gets harder and harder for him to relate to someone younger and younger. That's what I keep. I mean, I, that's not the way I'm taking what you're saying is the idea that, you know, it's one thing to be 23 or well, how are we saying when he first takes in? We'll say he's 23 when say he he's 23. Batman. Yeah. And then Dick is 12. Yeah. I mean, it's a good age gap. You know, it's a it, huge age gap. It's a huge age gap. But think about I'm 35 and I just took another 12 year old in. That's an, I mean, the, you know what I'm saying? Like it's harder and harder to relate to a kid that's younger. And then I think when it comes around to Damien being his own kid. Well, like, to me, Damien part makes more sense. But to me, what helps with the whole thing is that with the inclusion of Robin, now other kids have seen what he can do with kids. It then turns into I can't wait to be Robin. Hmm. It, the, it it turns it on its but head. But the Damien thing makes it interesting because. Bruce can't relate to Damien. No. And Damien, well, for Damien, Damien is essentially not Bruce's Robin. He's yeah. Dick's Robin. Sure. Right? Dick, sure. Because this, so if you're listening and you don't know, Damien appears and very shortly after there's a period where Bruce is not Batman and Dick Grayson takes up the mantle and becomes Batman. Right? And mm -hmm. Damien is this bratty kid who uh, is raised by Ra's al Ghul and Talia and he's... Help League me out, assassins. Frank. Yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> it's part of the League of Assassins, and uh, and he come he comes to to Bruce essentially 
broken. He, he's, yes. he's a working progress. Um, and Bruce can't reach him, but Dick is able to. Yes. Dick is able to relate to him and kind of control him. And, and similar to the way that Bruce did with Dick to focus him, train him, and give him purpose. They definitely, in Morrison's run, they definitely form a partnership. It's one of yeah. those things where it's Damien is very much, is very headstrong and wants to do his own thing. And Dick is kind of like, you know, I was never like this. But I, and then Alfred, of course, is like, well, you were. Yeah. Just in your own way. So on top of the fact that it's also really cool that for the first time you get like a really grim Robin and a really <laughs> yeah, like right. in a really bright, optimistic, smiling Batman. Sure. Yeah. It's a nice turn. Yeah. It does age him, but it doesn't bother me ever. No, I'm not saying it. You know, no, but it, to me, I've it, seen some very spry people at 40. Also <laughs> athletes some like Randy Couture. <laughs> you know Andy, Andy's rich so yeah, yeah. Uh, it's okay, just easier yeah. living sure yes. okay fine whatever drugs he's billion dollars <laughs> mine is the age in them that's fine but what I'm saying is it There's ages a story him. about that it ages, him in, it ages him in such a way that I would love to see him take off the cow at that point just because there's only so many kids you can teach and it, it, it's a sense of belief of he's being superhuman at this point you well, know? he's superhuman. Uh, he's, yeah. he's the one. No. He, Batman is the one that is, you know, that's human, that can be hurt and everything. But let's face it, like, his power is that he can never lose a fight. Yeah, but he still you gets know, and hurt. He's good. Like, Neil Adams said that Bruce Wayne essentially would be, if you know, if he was in the Olympics, he would place in every in every event. That's Like, fine. he's a super athlete. Like, Unless he's going up against a thug with a wrench. And then it's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't and remember then, that Olympic event. Yes. <laughs> and then it doesn't seem to matter. Yeah, but at one point, I think there's more stories than him teaching than um, the so older kid. So you want the Dark Knight Returns ending of him with the Sons of the Bat and Carrie Kelly and him just being old man Bruce Wayne and be like, here's how you do it. Yeah, but this, that, that's inevitable. I mean, we've seen it with Batman Beyond too. Sure. I mean, the, the fact that he has all this knowledge, but his body is failing him. To me, it, it's a story in itself. I mean, again, I see Batman as the greatest mind, mm. but not the greatest fighter. Mm. I mean... I don't expect that. To me, my Batman story always includes him not winning the first fight, but him definitely beating your ass on the second goal. <laughs> sure. You know? And and to me, the older he gets, the wiser he gets. It's not going to be the that I got to have the strongest punch. You know, I just got to, I just avoid getting hit that many damn times. And land the ones that count. Yes. Yeah. That, that's why, that's what, that's why I say Robin changes him. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm not I'm not changing my choice though. But, <laughs> but, but he makes it he makes it murky in my opinion for lack of the a better concept term. works better than it probably should. Yes. Yes, it does. I, I do concede yeah. that point that yeah. it seems like it shouldn't work at all. It shouldn't work and at it all. It does and yeah. it works very well yeah. and it works Gordon with should, it works with multiple Gordon should have locked them up for uh trying to get somebody else's kid and but you hide them in the cave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, but you get that a little of you get a, you don't get you know it gets mentioned it gets thrown around it the does. idea of child endangerment but it's yes. also I think the, the the place you get the most for for Robin is is in what Dead Robins the storyline in Gotham Central where the kid mm. shows up dead in a Robin costume and for a while they think it's Robin not realizing that there's been multiple ones mm -hmm. or that in this case it's not the actual one but I think it's yeah I think it's a, it's a situation where as a concept it's it's cool but you start to pull the threads. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so one of them, I think it's Robin year one too, where he he um they do the Gordon Batman bat signal scene and Robin's like up on the ledge and he's gonna introduce him to Gordon and Gordon thinks he's his son. Yeah. For a little while too, which I thought is a cool well, that's the only reason why you have somebody's kid up there. You better be yours. Right. <laughs> well, that's like in, in over the edge, isn't there that moment where they're about to when they basically burst into the the bat uh, Batcave. Talking about animated yeah. series. Yeah, in the animated series. Thank you, Tommy. That basically, there's that moment where, you know, Gordon shouts out to, to Bullock and the rest of the cops, add child endangerment to the, right. the list of charges against Bruce Wayne. So, yeah, again, murky. I'll it does. Word. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> murky. Absolutely does. But, does it, but it, it, not, I'm not saying it doesn't make it any less entertaining. It just, it just brings up a whole list of questions yeah. as to. This guy's a superhero? What's he doing? I, and I think every single iteration of Robin brings a different aspect out of him. Yes. Which I think is also interesting. So I think it, it's it's good for longevity. No, it of is. Just of, uh, creatively, just because he has so many different... It opens up so many different stories you can do. Yeah. Which Joker, I mean, there's we, we haven't read the final Joker story ever. There's plenty. No. I mean, I, I think every writer that jumps on the character has a Joker story that they want to do. Mm -hmm. But... The reason I put him over 
Jokers were also were kind of in the era of like Rachel Ghoul is kind of like the great arch ne- nemesis at the moment. Is no, yeah. like yeah, like yeah, the last decade. The last you. decade has been a ton of people looking at Rache and and really like expounding on him and his role, especially with Damien being well, a I part mean, of this too. You and I have talked about this um, before, Zach. The idea that with Rache is the idea that at the time you really have Batman's world expanded beyond Gotham City. And that's the one thing that Raish brings to the table that a lot of the other villains don't is the fact that he's global. Sure. When really he's, you know, he's really just a Bond villain. And that's what, you know, yeah. for the time you get that moment of, oh, you know, Batman could basically be international. He doesn't have to be tied down. I mean, granted, in the 50s, he's he's all over the planet. He's out in space. He's everywhere. But right. I'm saying when it gets more back to the Neil Adams era of being a lot more the Denny O'Neill. Root in reality, I guess you want to say Batman stuff. That's all yeah. the moon crimes. Some of them, yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> That's some of my yeah. favorite. But yeah. I mean, but what, I mean, we're getting kind of bogged down in race. But what I'm saying is, though, had Joker not exist, some character would have filled that role. I would argue, right? Maybe two. He has two plen- He has plenty. Well, okay, two face. That's don't fine we, too. We, but that's the point. But, but that's the point I'm making is that he has. The best rogues gallery in all of comics, yeah, arguably. If not the, yeah. Right? Yeah, so if it's not Joker. Then who? It's going to be Raish. Or it's going to be Two-Face. Or I'll, it's going to be Ivy. Uh, or, you know what I mean? Okay, I got like, you. I understand. That role can be supplanted by someone else that's already I, currently in there. But to me, with Raish, the only reason I say it's Raish is you're not taking Raish to jail. No. Sure. <laughs> you don't no I, I, I can't like, argue that. You know, that's for sure. It, it, Raish is on almost a level of... Uh, of what immunity diplomatic immunity at some point where all you can do is stop the scheme is there's and really it's it's mind-boggling that he can stop him at all because he has a nation of followers at that and a, a, a cat of a cadre of assassins too it's it's almost a wonder that he beats him anyway but again we're, going, we're talking about race right as opposed to the three that we've named earlier yeah. but I, I just think it gets back to the idea of anytime there's ever been a story about who's the top you know who's greatest right and there's there's always that moment of the joker being like whoa whoa, wait a minute (laughs) there's nobody beyond me right you know whether that's ego or whether it's truth don't really know but i think he's definitely at the top of the list especially in his own mind sure i I think he imagines that you know there is no there is no one above him in, in villainy especially when it comes to batman and again i get back to the fact that you know before you had a robin series before you had a Catwoman series you had there's a Joker series yeah absolutely you know, yeah, yeah. that was the thing that you know so this is my question to you because Frank you've been you've been reading comics a lot longer than I have I'm curious like when did Joker become Batman's number one because me like I assume many kids my age Batman 66 is kind of like your first foray into the and Joker's not at all the number one bad guy Right, there really isn't in any of those. No, but if I'm, no. I'm going to make an argument, I'm going to say Penguin in the in that show at least. He's the one that at least has appeared in the most episodes. Yeah, probably. Right. So, yeah. so I I would say the Joker being I don't argue that he's not the number one villain in in the Batman mythos now, but relatively speaking, I think that started in the seventies, right? Probably. It'd be one of those things where I know through again. From the beginning and through like the 50s, you still have a lot of like, you know, Batman and Batman's son. Not Batman's sons because that comes more in the late 70s or early 70s. But you have like Batman 2, like where it's Batman literally as the bat and then a Roman numeral 2 okay. as, the, as like the next generation. Right. And then there's a Joker and a Joker 2. Like his son is the one. Like their, their, their stuff goes on mm. long past Batman, you know, Bruce Wayne and the Joker. So maybe there, but I would have to say when, when was that from? In the fifties, okay. you have some of those, you okay. know, those goofy stories, like you know, where basically they're the legacy type characters. I, I could be wrong, but my sense of it is two things. My okay. sense of it is is one, Jack Nicholson played him in the first movie, sure, and was and was a tour de force, right, in it. So I think that that did a lot of the heavy lifting, sure. And then, what ten years prior to that was Five Way Revenge. That was that was the first. That was when Joker got brought back and became. A murderous supervillain like he was in his first appearance. Sure, right because he did get goofy in the fifties and the sixties. Right, but no, I'm not. You wouldn't think Caesar Romero's role didn't push it up a bit because no, it didn't. I didn't. I mean, not to say I'm an expert at that particular show or anything, but 
But I remember whenever they got together as villainous group of people, it was always run by the Joker. It was always I remember thinking as a kid, Joker was like number one, and that was before really Batman. Yeah. yeah, okay, more so than King. Me. More so than King Tut. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't disagree with that. But I yeah. just I, like I always I do love King Tut. I do love King Tut. But no, but just just Cesar Romero playing that role, especially with the movie. It, when they all got together, it was always Joker telling them what to do or them listening to them. As long as because I always remember it as Penguin, though. I always remember Penguin being kind of the one calling I mean, the shots. I mean, he was he was calling shots, but between the two, I'd argue to say that Cesar Romero was the one that um, over Burgess Meredith was the one that was always um, okay controlling. I'm not. That's I, fine. I don't know. I mean, it's been forever since I've seen it. If we'll you, consult the videotape. <laughs> 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 well, according to the, according to the internet, okay, uh, Five Way Revenge was seventy three. Okay, and Joker number one is seventy five. When he had his when he had his own had his own series title for a little while. Okay, yeah, and he yeah. ran for seventy five to seventy six. Wow, yeah, and that and stuff's it, been traded. Yeah, it's in it's collected. Yeah, it's collected not too long ago. I haven't I haven't tracked it down, but I've been wanting to. So yeah, I mean, I'm not arguing with you on the Joker. I mean, I think that they're all three very super important. But you know, like like I said, I'm just going to reiterate my point. Like I think he has plenty of bad guys that are all sort of in different ways mirror images of himself i will say that i think a lot of people gravitate towards joker because thematically like it's an easy sell like thematically if you put batman with joker you get the drama masks you get tragedy versus comedy and that's it straight up Yeah. yeah so it's a very easy concept for people to latch on to and be like yep like like batman's antithesis is joker and and that's it right but I think getting back to movies, the idea that we've had, well, we had Batman 89 and then, you know, the movies that followed it. And then we had Dark Knight and that trilogy. And we would have had, we had, you know, we've had two basically iterations of the Joker that were huge. Right. Yeah. And now we've had Joker with, uh, with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. And yeah. They, yeah. It's one of those things where I, again, it's, it's, <laughs> it was like you said, Nicholson in, in 89 and it was huge. And yeah. then and then again with um Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger, thank mm-hmm. you. Was also, you know, another great performance in in The Dark Knight. And then we've had now it's the point where Joker, like you said, Tommy, earlier, you don't need Batman. Yeah, but y'all you guys keep skipping over one. What's that? Who? Mark Hamill, man. Oh yeah, oh, yeah of course. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's, That's what I thought you were saying. No, no, no. no. Hot top- yes, Hot- Mark, Mark Hamill. Hot topic joker. Yes. <laughs> yes. Not hot topic joker. Mark Hamill. Yes. Yeah, who basically reimagined his whole career yes. by voicing the Joker. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And hid behind that voice for a long time. For I remember I was time. super in the Batman animated series and I used to have this blockbuster video cd-rom that was kind of like imdb at the time where you like you could look up stuff and i remember i looked up mask of the phantasm and it was like mark hamill i'm like what from star wars <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah like who's he and i'm like he's the joker right yeah. what the hell like oh, oh i remember i remember this this you know this will date me is at the point of when they were announcing batman the animated series i was excited because it comes out around my birthday when it first started but the other thing was that they were listing voice actors, right? And Tim Curry was the one that they had listed yeah. Yeah. for Joker. And I'm like, okay, that could be pretty cool. And then obviously he didn't end up doing it. Yeah. And instead we got Mark Hamill and the rest is history. Mark Hamill is amazing. He's the Joker. Yeah. He's terrific. He's absolutely terrific. And and I mean, and you know, I can't argue with the fact that of all the bad guys in Batman the animated series, he has the Joker as the best assortment of episodes sure clayface has some very dramatic and big episode but he only appears in three jokers in a dozen if that i mean if not more i mean but there but i mean i can think of laughing fish yeah i can think of joker's favor man who killed batman harley quinade right harley quinade like all of those like those are all like those are for me in in the top rank for the well, for I that mean, show. Sure. I mean, even, but even the fact that when you get to the Batman Beyond movie, Return of the Joker, that's, yeah. so, that's you know, as much as I love him in, in the regular stuff and in like Justice League or whatever else he did, you know, his performance in um, Return of the Joker is pretty great too. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's terrific in all that stuff. I just think like, I, I think it's a little heartbreaking that they made Killing Joke, the movie, so late. Sure. When his voice couldn't quite hit the high registers as much. I mean, like he, like Conroy still sounds really good mm-hmm. 
as Batman, I think. And kind of sounds almost like not much has changed, but Hamill's voice has changed as he's gotten older. I think not, I'm not saying he's bad at it, or I'm just saying, but like, I mean, there's a distinction between 92 when he was doing it. Sure. And whenever that came out, 2016. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he's what, what's wrong with that film is not him. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> what's wrong not with that is not, is not a thing to do with Mark Hamill or Kevin Conroy for that matter. Yeah. But yeah, I just think it's one of those things where, again, we keep, you know, the idea that the Joker, you know, I think it's just iconic. Not that I don't think that Catwoman or Robin don't, you know, obviously aren't the same. It's just, I think it's a different level. Right. Because I, again, even in getting to stuff more modern with the comics, when you talk about the Tom King stuff, and I'm not talking about the, the, spoiler image that was spit out that was, kicked that was out revealed today, today that was revealed we today yeah, yeah. Um, we can say it sure so there's but a finish your point first sure just the idea that <laughs> i think that the issue one of my favorite issues of the entire run is the issue leading up to the like what is going to be the wedding in 50 i think it's 48 which is the joker and catwoman issue yeah oh it's fantastic uh, yeah i mean where they basically they realize they have a moment where they basically realize we've been with him since the beginning you and I, like Joker and Catwoman, have this yeah. whole this whole dance conversation fight, basically about yeah, set it up. So they're both wounded, right? Right. Oh they're yeah, they're both pretty. They're both in pretty bad shape. Yeah, from they're both fighting. wounded, laying on the floor, like right. kind of like bleeding to death, and, right? And and they're kind of talking, mm. and and like you said, we've been with him from the beginning, which is a lovely like symmetry because they actually yeah, appeared they in the first issue yeah. together. They both came out in Batman number one in mm. 1940, so. Sorry, I'm stepping on your toes. No, no, Go it's ahead. okay. It's just, it's just the idea that they, you know, it's almost a I loved him first moment between the two of them. So basically, it's a it's a moment where the two of them almost simultaneously realize, well, I think I love him more than you do. And it's a really nice bit where, you know, it's odd for this homicidal clown and you know, the woman he's going to marry have this moment of, yeah, we, we've both been there from the beginning. We both, in our own way, have helped make him. Because there's yeah. a lot of that, too, throughout the run of, especially with Catwoman, the idea that she and the interactions help shape who he is, right? Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. We're neglecting Catwoman a little bit. Well, that's why I'm trying to, I'm yeah. trying to bring, I'm trying to bring it to shift it to that <laughs> yeah. whole thing of, you know, the whole thing of like the more modern take in, in um, Tom King's right. run where she's. I think the tricky part for her is that she's had, she, of, of all the characters, I think she's had the most successful run of solo books. Right. That's that was that's arguably too. That was something I thought about. I I would say the Joker stuff is fun for what it is, but it didn't last very long. No, it's very short. It's very short. And then it's really hard to argue whether or not the Chuck Dixon, Tim Drake, Robin stuff is better than like the cameras. Like the cameras do better. I'm not saying better, but I think I think I think her title had more longevity, Mm -hmm. right? Than any any one individual Robin solo title, because also there's been mo- this is kind of also no. the cheat for me that I get I get to hide behind a character that's had multiple iterations. Yeah, sure, right? Like, and yeah. you guys are 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 going with one. There's one right. Catwoman that we're really talking about because Holly picked it up for a brief, a brief time. A brief, yeah, period. but you get but it, you have to be reminded that she was the one that was she was included in there. Right. But for me, Selena is the three dimensional character. Joker works well, less is more, in my opinion. You can't put Joker in every episode or every issue, and then when you do bring it up, it has to be the grandest of tales or the the best of the uh, exposure of the character mm-hmm. with him. But with Catwoman, yeah, Catwoman, you can damn near put her in every book, and it'll still won't feel like she's even pushed enough. I'd argue to say that she's underplayed for a good amount of time. I mean, we've getting all those iterations of Joker. What, what is it? We got Jared Leto. We have Heath Ledger, we have Jack Nicholson, we have Cesar Romero, and we have now Joaquin Phoenix. But we can only talk about Selena Kyle to it. Excuse me, Selena Kyle twice, as far as iterations are concerned. Well, let's go back. Let's mm-hmm. let's go back to Batman sixty six. Well, three. Well, yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll say we do Batman sixty six. Those are three oh. ladies right there. So there's a bunch. So I'm thinking um, Eartha Kitt. Well, yeah, Eartha Kitt, Julie Newmar. Lee Merriweather, mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer, Michelle Pfeiffer, Holly Berry. Uh huh. Oh, I forgot Holly Berry. Dark Knight Rises and um, and Dark Knight Rises and Hathaway. Pan Hathaway. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's about yeah, that. Now Zoe Kravitz. So I think I think Zoe Kravitz is going to knock it out of the park. I think I she's going to be she all. Does. I think she's going to be so awesome. I hope she does. <laughs> I particularly liked um, Anne Hathaway because uh, she was always portrayed as being cute. No, you're wrong. Not to say I didn't like um, 
<laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer. Thank you, Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer. I love Michelle Pfeiffer uh, as sure. her take on the character. Uh, Halle Berry got a bad rap. I think Michelle Pfeiffer is great for what she's with. She's given like the most the, bizarre take. Oh, very much on so. it. I, very much. So. I think. Yeah. Damn near a Joker take. If you if you want to scrutinize it a bit, the whole thinking I'm dead and I'm rising up and being something totally different than what I originally was. Yeah. Um, but I love Anne Hathaway's take on it because it's almost she's she's not hiding who she is at all. She's just playing the she's just playing the best part of her. Whatever she's being dealt. She deals with it and survives it. You yeah. Know? yeah, I just didn't. I just didn't buy the love story part of it. But I love okay. Anne Hathaway's character of it. Yeah, no, I say she was far better at it than yeah. I thought that she would be. I I didn't. I didn't know that she was gonna embody it quite so well. Quite so well, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I think. Um, I think the thing with Catwoman is, like I said, I I think. I mean, you could argue this is, this is a hole in my argument now because we just had a Joker movie that Batman is not in. I haven't seen the Joker movie yet, so you know, drinking game, drink <laughs> because Zach has mentioned the movie he hasn't seen yet. Uh, Bat- yeah, Batman thing one. Yeah, had. but um, Catwoman, I think up until this year, has sort of been the one that I think stuck the most apart from Batman's world. You know what I mean? But like she, she operates in Gotham. Her title operates in Gotham, but Batman is not a part of that title. No, like, no. like mostly, I would say. Yeah, I would say it's a rare occurrence when he actually guest stars. But to me, that's why I say she's a three-dimensional character because now she stands on her own. Yeah, like you see Robin or, or, or um, Joker, you can count on your hand how many times you before you'll see uh, Batman in one shape or form come into the the story. But yeah, Catwoman. You can see a whole Catwoman story, and unless you're compelled, unless they're compelled to write them in there, it's not necessary. So, Frank, I mean, would you say that Tom King's run on Batman over the last couple of years has done a lot of changing the, to Selena? I think he basically just builds off of what they've already done. I mean, if you go back and look at like Darwin, when Darwin was doing the solo series, or when yeah. uh, Cameron Stewart or uh, Ed Brubaker, Ed Brubaker, yeah, when they were doing it, it was de- basically it was it definitely a moment where she steps out and does again, basically asserts herself and does her own thing. I mean, it's a really good, you know, those are really good books. Yeah. Really good run of stuff. I think Tom King just looks at the the entirety of all of her stuff and says, yeah, she's her own character. She's not so much a foil for him as it is, you know, I think she just pushes him. Okay. You know, to be different or to be, you know, there's a lot of that in the, in the, in all that entire run is the idea of like, well, yeah, but this is who you are, but it's not who you are. Right. You know, yeah. I, you know, people, people understand you, but I, not like I understand you. Right. So, we've been teasing it a little bit. So, there was a reveal that DC did today, actually. So, it's kind of perfect that we're recording this exact sure. issue. Do you, do you want to say what it is? Sure, absolutely. Okay. So, it's a shot of the two of them on a roof together. And it's, it's you know, they're lean, she's leaned up against him. And in it, he's got her, his hands around her swollen belly. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, is this it is, his? so, this is supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. This really? is supposed to be in the 100-page uh, Giants that they're releasing in April, right? right? This is supposed to be part of the like one of the stories in there. And I'm guessing it's a transition to Tom King doing the Batman Catwoman book he's supposed to be doing that's right. got the, the Phantasm tease. That right. was the other tease that's been out for a while, too. To be quite honest, I wish they thought of this before, Damien. Sure. Well, they did. I mean, to be perfectly... But, you, but, you but, get, but this isn't the first time Catwoman has been pregnant. This is just... You're right. 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 Prior, yeah. prior to New Fifty Two, yeah. prior to New Fifty Two, when DC sort of like revamped their, like rebooted their entire universe, Catwoman did have a child. Yeah, wasn't it, it the Huntress? Yeah. No, no. Well, that's in Earth Two. But no, but uh, but if we, if we want to be honest, sure, she's already been knocked up and had his kid, correct? No, not, but it wasn't his. Not right. in this, not an actual continuity. <laughs> yeah, not in this continuity. Sure, no, but, to even, say, but conceptually, even even, even post crisis, uh-huh. it still wasn't in that continuity. Right. It was like Earth Two. Yeah, it's Earth Two. It was Earth yeah, but two. it's still, but but the, okay. But what I'm saying is the introduction <laughs> of the concept. <laughs> yes, happened, comics. Not with the particular character that we're speaking of. Correct. True. True. It's like well, an alternate version of her. We've yeah. envisioned, and this is what happened. Correct. Yes, it's definitely not the first time anyone's yeah. thought well, of them having a kid together. But I'm right? saying, hey, let's make it real. That's, right. that's all. Sure. <laughs> that's yeah. all I see there. Yeah. But I'm a little disappointed that it should have been her to be knocked up as opposed to Talia. 
Well, this is a tangent. I don't. Yeah. I'm not looking for clarification now. Sure, it's just an opinion. Sure, sure. So before you answer and give me an a, a answer, I'm not looking for an answer. Okay, it's just you hitting me with the news of her being pregnant is new for me because unlike you guys, I didn't see the picture already. Right, this is all brand new to me as well. For everyone who's listening who hasn't seen, the well, it's still yet. just an image too, so we don't know right. what it's going to be until the story comes out. This or importantly, be, when? Yeah. Yeah, well, no, it'll be probably yeah. the next big thing that's going to supersede the I whole wedding thing. I didn't piece it together with the Earth 2 stuff, though, that that Bruce and Selena actually had a child in Earth 2 <laughs> stories and everything like that. And so that, that does open it up, I think, because I do think he's going to play with that, actually. I, do, I mean, knowing Tom King's work. But, you know, it's funny to me, the fact that she's wearing her uniform and it fits. Yeah, that's sure. That's a spandex boy. Yeah, yeah. it altered. Let me get the Just maternity wear. <laughs> Tommy, they're rich. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So they're not they're not worried. They're no, not they're worried no, them. definitely not. But Louvatana. Yes. Everything. Yeah. Everything. So <laughs> But I do think it's one of the things where it's an, you know, again, it's it's an interesting idea, the idea of being put in that position as being a, a mother and then I guess being a super villain S super heroine. Yeah. You know, the idea of... Well, she's she, not really been a supervillain for a long time. Well, no, for the long time it was, she was a thief. And the yeah. distinction was, well, she didn't kill anybody. Yeah. Like, yeah. like all the 70s, that was part of their, was part of their deal was, well, she's not killing folk. It's right. just, she's, she's robbing people. She likes shiny, you know, shiny things, you know, but she's not killing anybody. But see, low level or high level crime? Oh, I have to be high level because she was stealing from museums and stuff. That's right. Okay, mm. I'll give you that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't, you know. Cat-shaped not... statues. Yeah, let, yes. A lot of cat cat <laughs> feed, a lot of cat feed capers yep. were going on. Yep. Cat's eye jewels. Yes. Cat's eye emeralds. Yes. When they pass yeah. through Gotham. When they pass through Gotham. Yeah, you, you know, know, you know what's going after that. Catnip yeah, in the I time of it. Egypt. Ha, ha, ha. I yes. get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still, this is like, really? No, I yes. just wish, I don't know. I just wish they did more with her. As well, I mean, to... it's funny that when, when I think about Catwoman, I think about I think back to '66, and that we had essentially we had two, but we really had three because we had Eartha Kitt mm -hmm. and we had Julie Newmar, uh -huh. and we also had uh, Lee Merriweather in the movie. Yes. yes, yeah, and they did a lot with her. I thought they did a fairly good, fairly good job of the heavy, um, heavy lifting for her in that, at least for live action, because you really and she's in like the filmation stuff, but yeah, yeah. but really, you know, that's where they did a lot of it, and then. Throughout like the seventies, like I said, there's the thing of like where she kind of that thing I gave you the the the, the not this Christmas the Christmas because I haven't given you a Christmas gift yet, but basically the idea that the, the series I gave you before you really get a sense of her being kind of like Batman family adjacent, where she's like kind of part of things and even Robin's yeah. balking at the fact that she's being so in, yeah, yeah she's being so included and then like we have to listen to her her yeah. opinions valid what are we you know she's a criminal what are we doing that whole thing comes up yeah you know. But I don't know. I like that. I just, again, I like the aspect of how it becomes, I hate to say, real in a bit of the fact that, yeah, I like her. Let's bring her in the house. Yeah, listen to her. Because, you know, I like her. So since I like her, you got to like her. But, yeah. <laughs> I know what she's done in the past is wrong, but despite what she's done, we're going to forgive her. So just listen to me as on this guy's. And then she turns around and steals. So I was like, you know, it, to me, I just, I loved it because it gave a sense of <sighs> Bruce is thinking with his dick. Sure. Right. <laughs> no, I, yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. Well, well, there's there's an issue of I believe it's um, Legend of the DCU, uh -huh. where I think it's Devin Grayson, where it's the issue is basically where um, Dick Grayson meets Barbara Gordon, Batgirl, Robin and Batgirl meet for the first time. Okay. And in it, they're chasing Catwoman, and Batman's you know tackled to her roof. He's like, Robin, go collect evidence. <laughs> you know and, and, and robin you know, and robin you know what i'm talking about yeah, robin, goes, robin goes off and then like has that moment of like you know you know hearts and arrows and there's yeah. you know might as well be a warner brothers cartoon with cuba chewing right. in the butt with an arrow and everything yeah. and he sees barbara but, he's with, but he's with yeah he's with barbara Gore, which is a nice again yeah, a nice symmetry a bit. also yeah yeah, yeah yeah absolutely but i just think with the tom king stuff i think it's a more of a she she definitely challenges him in a way that nobody else does yeah. And she definitely is able to talk to him and, and say things to him that nobody else probably could either as well. Yeah. Did you guys ever watch the the Hush animated series? Not uh, yet. Well, that's what I was going to say too. Is that it, I mean the Hush stuff? I mean that's in that book too a little yeah. bit where she does she does kind of um, try him a little bit. Oh, very much so. Yeah. But what's nice in the anime series? See, I want to talk about more, but I don't think you guys have seen it. So uh, I've seen it. Yeah, but yeah, I just I can't leave them out of the conversation and at the same time reveal which I'm known to do. 
<laughs> the, the whole plot, but it gives an interesting take on their relationship that I didn't really think about in, in regards to how they would deal with one another and why they're not together. It to me it gave me a great reason as to as to why now they wouldn't be together. Because if they had that so much chemistry, why one of them step down and, you know, accept the uh, the uh accept being in the other one's world or perspective so they right. can continue their love affair. But Hush does a great explanation of why it's not. But again, I like to elaborate on it, but all I can do is recommend that you watch it because it emphasizes their relationship more than I thought it needed to. But I enjoyed that it did. Right. Uh, yeah, again, that's me being murky. That's as murky as you're gonna get it. Got or, it. Or, or or ambiguous because I really, really, really want to talk about it. Which way are you swaying, Clifton, so far? Uh, no, I'll, to, I'll hold off. Hold okay. <laughs> Your closing arguments. My closing argument for Robin is that one of the most heinous things the Joker has done would not happen if Robin did not exist. It wouldn't have the punch. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sure. Death yeah. in the family does not have the punch if sure. you know, Joker well, does not no kill. Family. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So um that that that's that's my one argument to to put him over the Joker a little bit, but, but also Tommy, your favorite of the animated movies under the red hood also does not, does not work exist, yeah. without True. Robin. True. Well, well, let me put it this way. We live in a misogynistic world in which yeah. they want to embrace my, my cat woman. <laughs> <laughs> they keep leaving her on the, on the shelf. Uh, I, I think you guys should write in, let DC know women matter too. Right. <laughs> let yes. them know that she needs to be spotlighted in such a way uh, 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 like Dar Darwin Quick used their ass because they need to make that movie. Let's let's be real. The Dar the Darwin. Yeah. Which one? Selena's Big Score or Selena's Big Score? Selena's Big Score would be an awesome. So movie. Great. Yeah, I know movie. it is. So, it's it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So it's not my fault that men are writing her. <laughs> so I said tap on. She was given a short. Oh okay. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Ten minutes. Yeah. yeah great. Know, just, Has the female creator ever been on Catwoman? I'm just curious. That that actually just. Um, Made me think of that though. Yes, when it first started, it was nineteen thirty. What? No, 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 no. When she when she had her first solo series, when it was uh, like nineteen ninety. Yeah. yeah, Joe. It was Joe Duffy and Jim Ballant on art, but Joe Duffy wrote her. I'm pretty certain. I'll look it up to be sure. But okay, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, when it first started, it was. Well, that's in any event. There's not many. No, no certainly all. not. No, generally no. Generally, there's not a female writer on camera. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, I've been forced to concede to your points because <laughs> they refuse to see that uh, that that angle of her, except except in her tight suit. Yeah. Well, I do say this: Love Michelle Pfeiffer introduced. What was it? No, Burton introduced the whip. Oh my god, it's like she's never no. without mm -hmm. it now. No, she, had, she had it before. She always had the whip. You're right. She back in the day, purple costume with the cape. Yeah, right. she's had it before. I like the purple costume. Well, how about the uh, the black? The all gray, yeah, from the animated series. That one's my favorite. That the was gray my one? absolute favorite. Yeah, wow. Mm. Yeah, that's my absolute favorite. Yeah, Joe, <laughs> Joe Duffy in the '90s was the one she wrote the 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 number one back in the '90s series. Okay, okay. But uh, my favorite's the uh, if I had to go with this, if I had to go with the Catwoman costume, I'd go with the the purple one with the whip, with the dress. With the I dress. like the dress, mm -hmm. uh, the green cape. Oh, okay. That one I like a lot. But it might 70s? be the '70s. Yeah, this might be yeah. the, my introduction. You know, I always like the goggles. Sure. Well, the goggles one's great too. Yeah, yeah. love I mean, the goggles. Those that uh, Hughes. No, no, that's yeah. Cook. That's Star Wars. That's that's that 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 been adapted into other people. Other people's yeah. Stuff. yeah, it's been pretty much her go-to since mm -hmm. then. Since then, yeah. All right. So, what's your closing argument for Joker? My closing argument for yeah. Joker. I would have to say basically just the idea that <laughs> so many, like so many seminal Batman stories are yeah Joker stories. You know, it, to me, it's that it's that line. It's also that line in Morrison's Justice League when when uh, Kyle Rayner and, and Wally West are hanging out and talking about Batman. And like, you really want to you want to really hear something scary is how Batman tells Joker stories. Right. You know, and that's yeah. one of the things where I'm like, yeah, even they know, you know, all the stuff that they deal with. And speaking of that, there's also an issue where a woman thinks the, the, the Joker is in Central City and Wally calls up Batman. And Batman's like, I would know. It's right after right. death in the family. Like he, okay. he's dead. He's like, oh no, I would know if he's alive. It's not him. Like okay. emphatic. Like it's right. very much. It's very dismissive of like, oh no, I would definitely know he's alive. <laughs> so I, I just think from a from a, a yin, you know yin yang type situation, 
they're I don't I don't like the whole they're two sides of the same coin, but I think there is that like Clifton was saying the idea yeah. of comedy and tragedy definitely is there. Yeah. You know, it's pretty much it's very inherent and it's very hard to get, you know, to get away from when you're talking about Batman. I think if you asked my mom, <laughs> something, yeah. you know, I always boil it down to that. The mom you know, test. Yeah, yeah, my mom test of like, who's the biggest Batman villain ever? She would say, well, the, the, the Joker. Yeah. You know, and I think most people would do. I think they would, too. I do yeah. have to agree with you on that. Yeah. So what do you say, Clifton? It's a tough call. <laughs> I will go with. Kelvin's third. <laughs> so, wow. so you can hear the massage anyway. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Exactly. Already putting putting baby yes. in the corner without any resolve or understanding. No. And I'll put uh, Joker second and yeah. Robin first. Yeah. Wow. Whoa. You the bias? Yes. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. So really quick then to cool down. So what do we say is the fourth? Like the most important the, character? Yeah. The fourth? Oh, easily. Yeah. Let me say it. You can say yeah, yours. go for go it, Tommy. I'll say Alfred. Okay. Why? <laughs> because at the end of the day, it shows that he's never been alone. Mm. Um, he's always been. Um, he's never not had a fa- had a father, basically, or a father figure in his mm. life. He's always been. Um, it, I think that keeps him moral. He's sure. always been his compass. When it all boils down to it, it's the one factor that um, strengthens him. Or pushes him back onto the night in which he can he knows that he has a home to come back to. Yeah. So he right. gets a sense of um being with Alfred being there. So without a doubt, to me, Alfred should have been number one. But based upon how the uh the uh characters were created, unfortunately Alfred was four. If you want to look that up, guys, you he does can have his own, he does have his own TV show. Yeah, yeah. I will say that for now. But but I don't think anyone can envision Batman coming by home by himself and licking his wounds and able to come out. And do the good fight without Alfred being yeah. present. Alfred has become almost just as superpowered as Batman. Exactly. And I say I air quote yeah. superpowered Batman because I know he doesn't have any powers. But, yeah, but you know his what I mean? power like is being rich. He's also <laughs> good at everything. Like <laughs> Alf- Alfred's no, a master no. chef and and he's a well, no, but, SAS medic but, but to and me he's gets, a master thespian. It gets and, a push to um, like when you get older, you're not done. Your story's not done. Yeah, true. It's the, Alfred is the culmination of all his works, his wisdoms, his life brought together to help this young person push on the world to be better. To me, he's the strongest supporting character I've ever seen. Okay. We'll go, we'll go to Clifton in a second. I just what? have a quick question about your Alfred take in a minute, but go ahead, Frank. All right. So what I like most about Alfred that I don't think really gets mentioned is the idea that to me, it's Thomas Wayne had a plan. The idea that, you know, not, not consciously, just the idea that there'd always be somebody to take care of Bruce. Take a lot of money, you know. <laughs> Just pass the money to somebody. They, they had to take care of Bruce. But he but knew. But one that he could trust. I'm saying he knew that Alfred, would, like you said, he'd always have a dad. He'd always have somebody there. Yeah. Yeah, but. <sighs> Reiterated even more so in the later version. So, like, when when Batwoman's introduced and you see that she's a Kane and mm. Martha Wayne, Bruce's mom, was Kane was her middle name. Right. So, Bruce actually has living family. And so it's reiterated even more that he still left him. Yes. He still left Alfred to be in charge of him. And Leslie Tompkins. Sure. (laughs) Right. Who's my fourth? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, so, but my Alfred question is, so which version of Alfred do you subscribe to more? Okay. Well, yeah. So it falls into two. British spy (laughs) or just the gentleman butler. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, I mean, the version of Alfred that, that the one that, encourages him to be Batman and is a source of support okay, for that. and thinks and believes what he's doing okay, what are the or choices? the one or the one that that that's my son out there and I worry and I wish that he would just grow out of this and have a normal life the uh, first one the okay. one is there's no way in hell um, at least a, 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 fa- a father that I think of where right. would be able to push his son into such danger day in and day out and watch from the sidelines and hope that he makes it back there is no way in hell. <laughs> I feel like there's room for both. It's like, uh, like no, but there's someone with a cop in the family. Yeah, uh, it's, like it's danger, but they know they're doing good. Yeah, stuff. but they make yeah. that decision before mm-hmm. they become a family member. It'd be different if they made that decision while they're in the family. It's it's almost like it's like it's like when uh, I, to me a better example is people who are soldiers, family, the ones that went to war, but people who are soldiers don't want their child in it. That's because they know that the experience sure. what they've seen. But I think it's he almost, recognizes this gives him purpose also. No, but it's it's better not knowing what 
If Alfred knew what he was going into, pushing him into it, yeah. there's no way he would do it voluntarily. It's the simple fact that he's hoping that with all his training and understanding that he's been strong. So you're saying the second it. version. You 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 like the one that that you know wishes he would give it up ultimately one day. Yes, but okay. uh, knows that this is what he was. This is what his passion is towards. Right. To me, that's an example of a better father than the one that's actually saying that that's my kid. I know what he's getting into. I acquire bullshit just because it's it would mess you up inside to know that you're gonna send your kid to die every night or something of that nature. You can hope he stops because I get that. You don't want your kid doing something that you think is ultimately dangerous. You can't make him stop. You right. hope he comes to his own intuition to that he comes to the solution of stopping. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I, I don't buy into the spy thing. The spy, the spy thing is really, that's all, it's just the guy who's who has all this spy knowledge and he can clean a room too. That's meh, I'm good. It just it, To me, the spy thing just made no sense. I like the gentleman butler way better. Way better. I could have it both ways, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cliff, what do you say? No, I'm definitely still going with Alfred as well as, okay. as the most important one that we have not discussed already mm-hmm. for the most of the show. Uh, he just grounds the Bruce Wayne, the humanity aspect of Batman. Like, right. I think that's just, he anchors it all the way back to the, to the parents, to the family, to what Batman's mission is. That's why I think it's the most important. Yeah. Alfred's super mm-hmm. important. One of my favorite characters, for sure. Yep. Frank? Batmite. <laughs> nice. No, Perfect. We're picking. No, no. Fanboy. As much as I like Batmite, no. Uh, actually, one that came up earlier. I'm going to go with Raish. Okay. okay. I think Raish is really important, especially the, the way that things are now. I know. But <laughs> the idea that, you know, like we talked about earlier, that Batman is allowed outside of Gotham City in a realistic way. You know, I mean, it's yeah. it's it's not just, hey, Gotham City is going to be destroyed. It's quite possibly two thirds of the population is going to be wiped out if I don't stop Rachel Ghoul right now. Yeah. You know, that's a much bigger deal. It's a much bigger stage. Yeah. Good, at, good at everything like like Bruce is. Sure. But yeah. And then when you get like Birth of the Demon and you get that whole thing of like where you get his origin further explained about, you know, how where he came from and, and the fact that they had that another great fight in the rain. Yeah. <laughs> Birth of the Demon. It, it, if anybody has not read Birth of the so Demon good. and they're a Rachel Ghoul fan, you need to seek this book out. Apparently. Birth of the Demon yeah. is so Tommy read it. good. It too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's so it's good. so good. I mean, the originally Aladdin stuff with the scimitars in the desert and you know all that stuff is yes. fantastic. Yeah. Oh yeah. What are you? What are you? A man or fiend from hell? You know right. that old yeah. bit is fantastic too. But I just read that yeah. last week. Did I just you, read that oh, last did you week. Really? Yeah. I love that one. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. But it's it's you know again I remember seeing as a kid in the treasury size you know and that might be why it looms so large for me but it's just. You know the introduction of it's that whole. It's even when they when they do it in the animated series and they do the bit where Robin gets kidnapped right at the beginning right. of it. Same thing right out of the book. The other thing is much like Batman is. You know you were saying early time about the fact that you know the whole question of aging and and how Rache is immortal for yeah. all intents and purposes. He's never going away. Right. You're always going to have to deal with him, and then there has to be a Batman at some point to step up to him because we don't really get a lot of. I mean, there's that Mark Wade story in the in the in the early '90s of the Justice League having to deal with Raish, but it's really a story of Batman doing stuff that right. causes Tower Babel. Tower Babel, yeah, you know, also about a great Mark one. Wade's Tower yeah. Babel, him and Howard Porter. But it's yeah. it's one of those generally Raish stories are all about Batman. Yeah, you know, it's Batman's deal. You know, they're you know, and the fact that the whole thing of calling him detective and you know the idea that at one point he thinks he's right for you know it's that yeah. <laughs> it's that bit we talked about with. Uh, when Morrison is on Fat Man on Batman, you know, and he's basically like, you know, you're dating the devil's daughter. Yeah. And he thinks she's, you know, you're great for her and all that stuff. And then realizes that he could never be a part of that world. Yeah. You know, and then Damien, all that stuff is, I think, hugely important to, from the 70s on to now, yeah. especially, has basically been very important yeah. for him. That, it's that definitely character. shaped like the last 10 years of stories. Definitely. Oh, for without, sure. Without, without a doubt. Yeah. Changes blast from the past from other. For me. Well, yeah. I'll say that on a side note. Yeah. Yes. Uh, oof. Okay. So I'm torn because I have two. And I I want to say Bane so bad. Because, Bane? Because Bane, 
right? Because one of the things I, I, I love about Batman's rogues is that so many of them are, are a mere counterpart to who he is. And what I like about Bane is Bane is the dark reflection of Bruce's intellect, Bruce's determination, right? And his drive and his will to succeed at something, right? It's just flipped with a different perspective. Well, right, wait. because he comes from nothing, and he was born in he, he was, you know born not in, born in born in pain for father's his father's right. sins as opposed to yeah you know as opposed and the to other thing is a, a take that most people don't get when they play Bane they just want to play him as a steroid you know yeah muscle head is the idea that he's he figured to, it out he's Doc Savage yeah like yeah. he's really yeah. that's who he is he's because he very much has you know the guys around him his group at first and they really don't ever pop back up again I don't think but he is definitely like that's the mold. For what he's supposed to be yeah and then after chuck dixon you know in nightfall and, and night's end and yeah. all that stuff nobody There's really a great chuck dixon book too where he had, um he was introducing bane to the league of shadows mm-hmm. also or league of assassins I right should say. it wasn't league of shadows until batman begins but i like that name better right uh, <laughs> right so yeah so i mean i want to say bane really bad but i mean god i'm hard-pressed to not say jim gordon sure also just sure. because i think i think the batman idea works because of jim gordon allowing it to happen in the city right sure (laughs) the idea that the police has a corruption issue but the guy on top is kind of a white knight and realizes that batman is necessary to take back the city yeah i i gotta say jim gordon oh i say (laughs) no but i mean as a super villain i would say i would say bane is super if bane didn't get changed to being a henchman Sure. Or mm-hmm. delegated to their lack of forward knowledge or pushing the character forward, I'd say yeah. But that decline and not till Gail Simone touches. That's what I was gonna again. say. Is Gail Simone's yeah. the one yeah. to basically play with the idea of it being He's going back to his roots. Yes. That's what yeah. I say. So, Gordon so. never falters from from the image of what he's being created to cultivate within Gotham. So that's 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 what you're modeling yeah. towards in your decision. I was always surprised because um we all love everybody at this table loves Gotham Central. Yes. You know, it's an awesome book. It's a great book. And it came out at a period where Jim Gordon was not the commissioner. And I was always stunned <laughs> that this book that is like perennially grown in popularity since it's been canceled in 2008 or whatever right. has never been brought back in any way, shape, or form. And this way, when they bring it back, they could use Gordon finally. Sure, yeah. Because he's not in the book at all. That always. That was just a side note thought that I always had. So we should wrap up then. And uh, so I want to direct everybody to let me know how it is.com where we are going to post some links to some of the things that we talked about. And you can also listen to our backlog of episodes as well. So be sure to do that. And don't forget to subscribe. And thanks for listening, everybody. 